and welcome to a new episode of Straight Talk. I'm Mickey Shields and I am so excited because we are finally in the lead up to the Formulary Season 6 finale. Unbelievably, it's going to be a marathon of six races in nine days in Germany at the Berlin Tempelhof track. And well, if that wasn't challenging enough, my guest today is actually going to be competing for the very first time with his new team, Mahindra Racing. Now, we have seen today's guest in Formulary before, but now he embarks on a new adventure with Mahindra. So I am so excited to welcome back. It's Alex Lynn. Alex, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. So uh, it's nice to say welcome back. Third time <laughs> you've been yeah. racing with Virgin, Jaguar and now Mahindra. How exciting though. No, it is. It is exciting. And yeah, it's, it's nice to be back. Like we just said a minute ago, I'm hoping it's the last time I have to say that. But no, I'm, I'm really, really <laughs> excited. I think it's, it's going to be good fun. I've always really enjoyed racing in Formula E. And from that side, um, yeah, I think it's going to be good fun. I think it's going to be an interesting event. And um, yeah, let's, let's see what happens. It wasn't really part of the plan, you know, Pascal Verlaine leaving the team midway through the season. But due to various reasons, he's moving across to another team for next season. So his contract's kind of ended with Mahindra. You've had the call up in this break during the COVID crisis. Um, What was your reaction? Surely it was pretty unexpected to get a call to be driving in Formula E at this point in the season. You know, I think... Formula E is just, it's just nuts when it comes to what happens with, with drivers. <laughs> I always joke that Formula E is a bit like football management these days. Like you just, drivers are in and out quicker than, quicker than anything. But that's, you know, that's just the nature of it right now. So yeah, it, it, yeah. it was surprising. But yeah, what can I say? I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't surprising in terms of, I mean, I know the Pascal situation is a bit of a different one, but certainly it seems quite fluid. So I, I was always quite, well, hopeful that I was going to get another chance to come back mm. into Formula e and, and show what I can do again. Exactly. Because, I mean, let's talk about your arrival on the scene because you had that first race with Virgin in New York. It was the final weekend of the season and you had an incredibly impressive debut putting it on pole position, having never raced in Formula e before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it was um, quite crazy. You know, I'm not, not putting any undue pressure, but it felt similar to this in terms of that we had had a good amount of testing, a lot of time to prepare, you know, while still trying to remain um, totally, let's say, grounded. I, I wasn't totally surprised to see the speed, and I don't think the team were either. Um, it was just maybe weren't quite expecting that. So from that side, that was, that. Yeah, I mean, that was an amazing day um, and an amazing weekend in general, and I guess was my springboard into the championship for the last couple of years. And how's um, planning been going? Because I think you had um, a test, was it last week? Yeah, no, it, it's been good. Berlin. It's been good. And um, the whole team's been working extremely hard. We've had a lot of long, long days in the simulator and also on track. A lot of late nights, early mornings. Um, mm. And that's the one thing I can tell about this team already before we even go into competition is that you know, there's, there's not a lot of rest. You know, these guys and girls are, are pushing extremely hard to, to bring performance to the team. And I'm extremely proud to be working alongside them, actually. That really motivates me and hopefully I can motivate them as well with, with our work ethic. Excellent. And just explain to us how it is going to work, because obviously we've got six races in nine days, three different tracks. Now, 
I suppose, how much information can you actually get from the simulator with these tracks? Because obviously the way you do really well in Formula E is look back at past data and having experience of a particular track. But how much can you relate to? I mean, one of the tracks you know, but are the two tracks completely brand new? Is there how much information and data can you actually get from the simulator? Um, a lot. Yeah, really, really a lot. But it's how you use it, which is the critical thing. And I think that's that's where some Formula E teams are potentially doing better than others is how they translate the information that they gain from their simulator into real life. So from that side, that's critical because obviously during the race day itself, you've got such little time in between each session. So to actually analyze any data, is, is it's almost impossible or to analyze it correctly during the day is very difficult. So all you're really doing on the race day is just executing the plan of what you've predicted. So if your predictions are correct, then it should be fairly straightforward and not very stressful. But if it's not, then yeah, that's a problem. And you're sort of learning on the fly or actually you're learning when the lights go out and then that gets pretty stressful inside the car. <laughs> well, let's keep our fingers crossed that um, all the hard work means your predictions are right <laughs> for Berlin. But I just wanted to, because obviously this is the first time some of the audience might have met you, Alex, to kind of talk a little bit about your earlier racing career before you joined Formula E. Because one thing on your driver career sort of highlights is the fact that you are, well, first of all, you won the GP3 series, which is pretty epic. First, Englishman to actually achieve that and of course you've got other F1 drivers sort of big names like George Russell, Charles, uh, Charles Leclerc, Valtteri Bottas, Daniel Kvyat, Esteban Ocon that have all done that. Um, you've also won at the Macau Grand Prix which is one of those races that everybody wants to win at and um, just talk us through I suppose how yeah how you look back on those years and, and what your highlights have been from then. To be honest they are my greatest memories in my life really those who went that you know I went through a 12-month period of winning Macau and then winning GP3 all in the space of 12 months and actually that was that was an incredible time and yeah it's um you know I guess when you're you're young when you're younger and you're in the junior series you know the, the pressure's never off in racing in general obviously but when you're in the junior series it's um you you have to prove yourself otherwise you never get the opportunities and even I'm very fortunate to see in the opportunity I'm in right now. You don't get those without, you know, proving yourself when you're younger, which obviously it's critical. Yeah, those are the days that I think I'll look back forever and think that was a crazy time. And yeah, very special, very special days. But certainly Macau, like you said, it's um I feel very proud to have to have been able to win that one. And it was one that I wanted to win very, very badly. So to pull it off in the end was um was really special. <laughs> Yeah, I bet. And then I think, was it January 2015 that you were confirmed as the development driver for Williams? Yeah. What happened after that? Yeah, again, so I raced in, in GP2 for the next two years, had a really, um, really good first year. I was teammates with Pierre Gasly at Dams, managed to managed to be him as my teammate, which was really cool. And then from, unfortunately, I, di I didn't have the best second year. Um in, in GP2 and you know obviously that's the year that you need to win it didn't happen for so many reasons but my career took a different path um, I went into sports car racing and Formula E after that but that is how that went and and I enjoyed my time immensely in those championships 
yeah, it's it good fun. Yeah, so sports car racing, mainly with Aston Martin. How's that? I mean, very different to racing in Formula E, that's for sure. It is, it is. But, you know, I'm also, it's it's cool racing for a, for a brand like Aston Martin. I mean, that goes without saying, but yeah. you know, being... Um, <laughs> Do you, you get know. to drive an Aston sort of, you know, on your daily commute now as well? I, I, I did have one for a while. I had advances for a while, which was cool. Yeah, nice. yeah. We all we all have to feel like James Bond a bit, um, but yeah, no. It's it's a, it's a really cool brand, and they do things really stylishly, which which I like. And yeah, to go and compete at Le Mans with the well, as a driver for the Aston Martin factory team is is really special. Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing it again in September. It's um, it's a it's a cool thing. I can't imagine being in the start of that race at Le Mans. I mean madness it's absolute madness yeah no it's um you just can always, you compare it to anything else you know you're just always dreading the lack of sleep <laughs> no i'm joking it's uh it's it, it's it's really special i mean that that goes without saying but you know at the same time when you drive for a brand like that they're not turning up to just drive around so from that side mm. it's special but you know it, it's the biggest race for us so you know it's uh if there's a time to throw down your biggest lap times, it's it's that day, that's for sure. Which also, I, I do enjoy that. You wake up that morning knowing that it's the start of Le Mans. And I mean, that, that is the day you dream of all year. And all that hard work that you've been doing in the in the lead up races. And it's all for that, that one 24 hours, twice around the clock, as they say. And that's it. You know, you'll find out the truth at the end of it. So how many years have you done Le Mans for? Uh, this is my fourth year this year. Okay, so I mean, you're you're now an expert at it. Um, how do you get through the sleepless nights, <laughs> or are you just literally running on adrenaline for twenty four hours? I, I think actually, when you do a twenty four hour race, you very quickly find out what your body does and doesn't like. So, how much mm. sleep you actually can operate on, and also what foods you really do like and don't like. So from that side, I just usually for 24 hours straight run off plain pasta and broccoli. <laughs> and then, yeah, I always find if I sleep too much in between stints, then I wake up feeling a bit, a bit drowsy. Mm, yeah. A bit groggy. But by the time, by the time, by the time. You don't want to be getting into one of those. <laughs> no, but to be honest, by the time you get to like 3, 4 a.m., if you're driving around then, I can compare it to, feeling a little bit hungover actually that's the feeling you get you just real lack of sleep haven't you haven't really eaten enough so yeah that's that's how it feels that's um a kind of how i feel at the beginning of every race day in formula e even though i swear i won't have had a drop of alcohol the night before i won't be i shouldn't be hungover but you feel hungover just from like a lack of sleep and getting up too early and having not slept properly the night before it's a it's a horrible feeling because you have a hangover and you don't have the enjoyment of getting drunk the night before <laughs> yeah and i you know honestly as well starting a formula e day you, yeah like you said Sometimes you're there even before the sun comes up. There's no crowd. Um, there's literally no glamour in anything before FP1, that's for sure. I'm really hoping that one day they're going to sort of, you know, try to change the race day structure and just say, ah, oh, let's forget first practice. We don't need it anymore. Because <laughs> it would just make the day so much more enjoyable, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit more. <laughs> exactly. 
Is that pretty crucial though for you guys? Probably. <laughs> you probably wouldn't want to lose one of the sessions. Well, I, I guess the, what they're trying to avoid is if you do have practice the day before, then you can spend so much money in analysis, uh, which I guess is what they're trying to always avoid mm-hmm. with teams running simulators, dynos, rigs, and everything. That in reality, if you did have it the day before, you would have time to to do that sort of stuff, which again would just escalate the cost and then the championship. Yeah. No end. Mm, exactly. I mean, what do you think about this sort of the competitive nature, I suppose, of Formula E when you do compare it to the likes of Formula One who are constantly trying to improve the competition? They've obviously got the big rule changes coming in in 2022 now to try and make it more competitive and have that cost capping. And I guess trying to do what Formula E has already done since the outset and make it more affordable and more competitive. Yeah, do you think all of those rules has helped put Formula E on the map as this new motorsport because of it is it does have such a competitive nature? That is what they're trying to do, but also it will become more and more tricky for Formula E to to control it um, because at the end of the day, the prestige of the championship is already at such a level and it will only continue to, to, to grow um, the level of manufacturer that's involved now you know none of those manufacturers turn up to finish second that's for sure and the resource that they all have available dictates that yeah they, they're willing to go a long way to, to secure victory so in that sense to try and control a, a motorsport which is becoming bigger and bigger and you know more popular and more prestigious it's it's really really tough you've managed to have a bit of time with Dilbag Gill and yeah. Um, yeah talk us through what he's like as a team boss so far he, he's a great team boss and he's he's great fun and I think um what he wants from the team is to have you know a great atmosphere which I think the team really does have because it's it's not a small team it's a big team but it still it seems to have like this this family atmosphere which is an impressive environment to to work in for actually a team that's, that's big and a lot of personnel, which is great. Got a brand new facility, um, so the team's expanding and becoming bigger. And but honestly, it's it's a real. I think it's an exciting time to be part of Mahindra, and that's um, it's extremely motivating for me to to see the effort that's going in and um, wanting to be a part of that. That for me is is really lovely to see. But as you mentioned earlier, he likes results too. He's all about the winning. <laughs> so there is going to be that pressure on you to perform from the outset. Absolutely. I mean, I'm yet, I'm yet to meet that team boss that doesn't like that. But no, I mean, absolutely. He, he wants results and so do I. I think, I think every single person that's, that's working in the factory want, wants to be a part of something successful and special. That's what we're aiming for. Yeah. We're aiming to work for those special days. And how different is it going to be now um, going into Berlin in this sort of COVID world where we all have to, obviously, from my perspective, you know, when it comes to doing the TV production, our team has massively been reduced. We've got far fewer people actually traveling out to the race. And then we're all sort of grouping up into bubbles. We obviously won't be allowed to leave the hotel to go anywhere other than to the track. How different is it for you and for the team? And are you sort of, yeah, how are you changing the way you work um, in the garage? It's going to be tough, isn't it, from our side? Because 
you know, obviously it's something we don't usually think about. And we're used to like pouring over engineers, looking at one, like five people looking at one laptop and stuff. So that, I mean, that's going to be, mm-hmm. it's going to be very difficult and different, but it's the same for everyone. And we need, we need to do what it takes um, and to show what we can yeah. go racing in, in a safe way. So from that side, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I still don't know what it's going to be like until we get there, but we've had a, we've had a practice um, when we've been doing simulator stuff. We've had a practice last week when we were testing. So from that side, we're as best prepared as we can be, but I guess until we get on site, a bit like yourself, I guess, I guess we, we won't know what it's really like when we work with our respective yeah. people. Yeah. No, exactly. But I mean, it's great. I don't know. Have you, we've, um, we've had to do, tests at home sort of the home testing kit just to make sure we've had to do it a week before and then we do it the day before we travel as well um don't know if you've ever ever done a home kit it's an interesting experience so you you have to shove it up your nose on your own yep pretty much lovely stuff yeah alex we are running out of time Mm. but i want to do a final quick fire round with you if that's all right yep. before we finish up today yes if you weren't a racing driver what would you be doing i'd love to be a tennis player oh yeah nice yep. you've got the height the long leg are you actually good at tennis yeah i can i can hit a ball reasonably well but i do i do really like the sport so that that's yeah that for me is what what i'd like to do if i was i mean it'd have to be a sportsman of some kind it'd have to be okay yeah Ping pong would be the next option. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is your favourite TV show? People just doing nothing. Oh, don't know that one. Uh, you you like it? People just you like it. Yeah. Okay. People just yeah. doing nothing. It's about pirate radio okay. station. <laughs> favorite. Uh, Brentford. <laughs> oh, maybe I have seen a bit of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> favorite film. The Last Samurai. Hmm. Favourite music artist? Probably Oliver Heldens at the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Favourite holiday destination? Probably Dubai. Like, spoken like a true Essex guy. Did you buy? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> what superhero power would you pick? <laughs> uh... Time travel, probably. Oh, good one. Yeah, I like that one. Um, can I get that one too? Um, who was your first celebrity crush? Probably. Honest, please. Yeah, Emma Watson, probably. Who plays, obviously played Miley Granger. Oh, the line cut out just as he said, who? Say again. Emma, um, Emma Watson. Oh. Yeah. Aw, that's yeah. cute. <laughs> Tell us one thing that's on your bucket list. Not racing related or? Let's do one for both. Bucket list for racing and bucket list for everything other. So my bucket list in racing is to win the Nürburgring 24 hours. That for me is a must in my life. I feel like I need to do that at some stage. And I guess the other the other thing on my bucket would be do something special with my family that I haven't done before. I'm not sure what it is, but I think... Um, to do something like that that'd be nice hmm. okay something what like do a skydive something crazy maybe like or... a safari or something like i don't know like beyonce or dolly parton i didn't write that question 
I'm not sure either of us. In, in what in what sense? Like it's a quick fire round. You, 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 very quickly. you pick in what sense? Whatever the <laughs> is, I'll go Beyonce. I mean, you got it right. I'm already dancing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you can't. <laughs> and finally, on a scale of one to ten, how good a driver are you? Well, it's ten, isn't it? I mean, well. Oops, yeah. 11. We don't speak to the nines and the eights. We only speak to the tens on this show, Alex. The nines and the eights aren't in Formula E, that's for sure. Exactly. exactly. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> um, well, Alex, thank you for joining us on Straight Talk and a massive good luck for Berlin. Cannot wait to see you out there. Um, I look forward to interviewing you from at least two metres apart and hopefully cheering you when you are on the top step of that podium. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can we can bring home some champagne. Well, let's not bring it home. Let's just drink it there. Yeah, no, good, good point. I'm sure we'll, we'll get consumed all there, actually. <laughs> um, well, Alex, thanks so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening and joining. And in the meantime, do remember to rate and comment if you liked what you've heard, because we would love to hear your comments and we would love to get a little four, maybe a five-star rating. Um, and do stay tuned for the next episode. Bye.